Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf and Gavin Shaw here, and we are doing our best to get you ready for game four. Quick turnaround. You thought that you were done with game three and maybe would have a little time. Nope. Ready to jump right back in for another Knicks game tonight. We'll have keys to the Knicks potentially winning this game four. We'll have things that actually worked from game three. And I might rant a little at the end about game three as well because uh, Gavin went solo right after the game. And I kind of got some I got some some gears to grind and all that. So that's coming up next on Locked on Knicks. You are locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks, and today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars with promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com promo code Locked On. And we want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube. We appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. Make sure you become an everyday or hit that notification bell on YouTube or the auto-download function on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Knicks site, The Strictly, and as you can find Strict.land, he's Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster, and... We are getting ready for game four, Gavin. I still haven't mentally recovered from game three, if I'm being completely honest. A little weird, yeah. like to go from to go from having like a huge amount of time between game two and three to now like such a quick turnaround, like a quite frankly, regular season like turnaround between these games now. Uh, and it will be that case all week, provided that the Knicks even make it to Friday at this point. Uh, or past wow. Wednesday. What, what, what a sad sentence. Can we, can we just say yeah. that? That bumped me yeah. out. But yeah, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it, we'll see how it goes. If they can make it to six games, then maybe we still got something to talk about by Friday. But uh, we'll see how it goes. And that, of course, leads us to game four, which I think is a must win at this point. I mean, I don't think there's any other way to put it. Like, if you don't win this game, you're in a 3-1 hole. And we all know that one of the greatest memes in NBA history resulted in a team blowing a 3-1 lead because it's really hard to do. Uh, and the way the Heat are playing versus the way the Knicks are playing right now, I don't think it would be incredibly likely. So if the Knicks don't manage to win this game and reclaim home court advantage, things are going to be pretty tough. If they do manage to win this game and make it a 2-2 series against all odds, then it just becomes a best of three and everything goes out the window. And they have a chance again, and they have home court to do it. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I'm not feeling fantastic after game three, Gavin. And I think we should probably lead off with what are some of the keys to making this thing work in game four? Because I, I feel like there are so many keys. It could be a custodian's ring at this point. I, it's just there's not enough keys in the world to, to unlock whatever is going on right now with the Knicks because it's looking pretty ugly after game three. Well, we, we should note right off the bat that, that maybe my what would have been my first one, which would have been getting Emmanuel quickly going, 
uh, might not be possible. Uh, because Ian Begley, uh, amongst uh, many reporters, to uh, note that uh, it came out today that uh, he is doubtful to play in game five, game four, game five. What are we on? Game four. <laughs> Let's All not right. get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> Although game yeah. five is guaranteed to happen at least. But yeah. All right. Uh, in game four. Um, so that is not right off right off the bat. That's really bad uh, because. If I'm looking at this situation, I'm saying, like, all right, what is an X factor that could cover up a bunch of big deficiencies that I'm not sure the Knicks have time to fix? It would be Emmanuel quickly coming out and hitting six threes, getting a couple layups, dropping 32 points, reminding everyone who he is. Um, that is not likely to happen because he's doubtful. Um, we saw um, – was it Julius Randle or was it Jalen Brown? I think it was Julius Randle who played after being doubtful initially for game one. Josh Hart, um, actually. Oh, was Josh Hart. Doubtful, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so maybe uh, it seems like the Knicks like throw that doubtful around pretty easily. When for most teams throughout NBA history, it usually just means out. Um, but Emmanuel quickly isn't going to come to save the Knicks. So the next guy who can come save the Knicks is none other than Quentin Grimes. Alex, I think he has to play thirty-six to thirty-eight minutes in this game, and that sounds like a crazy number. I don't think he's gone over twenty-six in the playoffs so far. Um, but the Knicks just desperately need the shooting. Rewatching. Uh, game three, which was a terrible experience. Thanks for asking. Um, that might be the number one thing that stood out to me. Like the Knicks are just going to gain no traction on offense without at least one shooter that you have to stay attached to at all times on the wings. Um, the way the Knicks were operating, they could have good offense. Jalen Brunson could beat his man. Julius Randle could beat his man. Someone could beat their man for a back cut. And they get to the rim and there'd be two guys there because the Miami Heat are guarding the New York Knicks exactly how the New York Knicks guarded the Cleveland Cavaliers. And the Knicks didn't even come close to punishing them for it. Um, in game three. Yeah, and to be clear, like Grimes isn't exactly lighting the world on fire right now. Like actually, if you just look at the numbers, Josh Hart is shooting better than him from three at this particular moment. But it's more about what respect they're garnering. And Hart is not getting any respect from the three-point line. And Grimes is. And that's all that matters. Like the Knicks just need need the guise of a three-point shooter. You know, they need someone wearing a three-point shooter mask to go out there and pretend to be one, and, and that's it. You know, and they need also someone who just is not going to hesitate and give Miami that extra second. Like Grimes might be shooting, I just looked, it's depressing, 17% from three in the playoffs, but the reality is is that, like, he's going to shoot them at least, and he and he's going to garner respect because – if he figures it out, he's a 40% three-point shooter. Like, that's what he was during the regular season, 30, 38 and a half or whatever it was to be exact. But yeah. And 45% post-All-Star break on, on great volume. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's got it in him. And perhaps, like we've seen with some other Knicks in the past, getting the opportunity to, to just go out there and play free will unlock that for him. Um, I also think that he did probably the best job of guarding Jimmy Butler of anyone in game three. And I mean, to be fair to the Knicks, like not that they deserve <laughs> to be given that qualifier at this moment, but Jimmy Butler didn't have his best game in, in game three and neither like really none of the heat did, you know, the heat played what would have been a pretty terrible game. Had the Knicks not played maybe their worst game of the whole season uh, against them and couldn't even provide like the smallest bit of resistance to the heat kind of stinking it up. Uh, so I I'm with you. Like, I think Grimes is definitely a key. It sounds silly to say, because he's a guy that has made such little like tangible impact 
thus far in the playoffs, but it's more just like what he what he offers the team uh, by virtue of being in that starting lineup instead of Josh Hart. If you can put the starting lineup back together that like led to this huge turnaround and led to the whole season changing, you know, in December, uh, just get these guys back together, let them cook together, take advantage of this phenomenal spacing that you had, you know, with that group of guys and, and see how things go because otherwise what are you waiting for at this point? You know, it's like, it, it it's very reminiscent of old Tibbs where he kind of just sees bad things happening and just refuses to change them because he still in his heart of hearts believes that they're right, even though they're yeah. wrong. Yeah. And he even, he even had a comment today, like during the meet, like somebody asked him about making the lineup change. And, and he said, you know, in the playoffs, like it's about specific matchups. And the implication was like, Josh Hart is the only man on this team who can guard Jimmy Butler, except to your point, we have no anecdotal evidence of, of that being the case. And, and I, for my money, I'm with you. I thought Quentin Grimes, actually did a better job on him um beyond that like offensively you're looking at your stars to be themselves at a certain point right like like we can like like we can overcomplicate this all we want and and to be clear like i think the grimes thing is sort of the key to that because then you can't throw two or three guys at brunson every possession can't throw two or three guys at julius randall every possession like that takes one other guy like out of help defense um when grimes is out there or or if not it makes you pay for putting that extra guy on a Brunson or a Randall, but Alex, like one of my big questions that we can get into in just a sec is like, are either of those guys like healthy enough for the Knicks to win this series? Because Jalen had another game where, where all the jumpers look short again. And like, I know in game three, that wasn't the case. So you don't want to say like, he has a good game. Oh, he's healthy. He's a bad game. He's not healthy. He definitely doesn't look exposed as explosive as he looked in the regular season. His jumper doesn't have the same air under it that it had in the regular season. And, and then for Julius Randall, like, the lack of explosiveness was more apparent on defense, but it was there offensively as well. And he was just really, really slow making decisions. Um, I want, I want to keep talking about it, but before I do that, Alex, can you tell all of us um, about prize picks? Yeah, of course. And it's an, it might not be the most exciting time for the Knicks at this particular moment, but it is an exciting time to get in on prize picks. They are currently in the midst of their million dollar daily super flex promotion for the NBA playoffs and NBA finals. Every day of the NBA playoffs and finals, one prize picks user will win a chance of becoming a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern will be randomly selected each day. So you can do this every single day. Whoever placed that entry will be given a six pick flex with the following payouts. Six correct picks win you a million bucks. Five correct picks win you 80,000. Four correct picks win you 16,000. Full details can be found at prizepicks.com slash million. You must opt in at that link to be eligible for this million-dollar entry. And once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal, and you could be the lucky winner. And what is normal on prize picks? It's not your typical daily fantasy game. You're not doing that convoluted roster-building thing with, like, you have, like, $20 million, build a roster, whatever. No, you're not doing that anymore. Now, the things are much easier. You just pick against projections and you say, oh, you guys think that Jalen Brunson is going to score over or under 20 and a half points. I would say over and then just go down the list, make some picks and there's your entry. It's super, super easy. And you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. So make sure to download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars with promo code locked on. 
So if you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, and we're back in to continue talking about keys to game four. And Gavin, I, I've got one coming up here that I think, I think, I don't know. It seems kind of sad that this is like maybe the shot in the arm that the Knicks need at this point is just getting a guy out there that's like hungry and wants to try for every minute he's out there and not look defeated potentially. But I think a heavy dose of Deuce McBride would not be a bad idea in this game. I mean, at this point, we know, as you mentioned in the first segment, Emmanuel quickly. I mean, look, we were burned by this before. We did we did go through like, oh, Josh Hart's definitely not going to play in, in this game. And then he did play. Uh, I think that was in the the Cavs series more I think about it. But yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yep. yeah. But like no matter, you know, the case, like uh, clearly the doubtful tag means very little to the Knicks. Um, so <laughs> fantasy football be damned, I guess. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> but if IQ's not playing, the logical next guy to get some minutes would be Deuce. And even if that's only like 20 minutes or something, the only time we saw him play any minutes of meaning in this playoffs, he hounded the crap out of Donovan Mitchell and made him look like he wanted nothing less than to be on that basketball court at that particular moment. So, like, if that's something that Deuce can do and do that to, like, who cares at this point? Gabe Vincent, Jimmy Butler, like, just go out there and make someone's life hell for 15 to 20 minutes. That sounds great to me. I mean, the the Heat have been doing enough of that to the Knicks. It would be nice to kind of flip the script a little bit and have a guy out there that can make life hell for them. Of course, the main thing with Deuce is like, well, the shot fall, you know, it's it's like his number one question mark right now is like, will that three-point shot come around? Will it not come around? At this point, I say, does it even matter? Nobody can make a three-pointer on the team regardless. So why not give the guy the ball? And he's never lacked for confidence, Deuce McBride. So maybe just getting a guy out there with a quick trigger that's willing to at least soak up some usage and and take some shots could be beneficial, but... I think a heavy dose of deuce is definitely a, a, a big, a big deuce right on the court. That's what we really need in this game, we, we, but not the, not, not the type we saw, <laughs> not the type we saw in game three. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh boy. All right. Well, if that segment doesn't get us fired, we'll, we'll keep it moving. Um, deuce, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I wonder like if he's like a little bit wasted against Miami, just because unlike Cleveland, they don't have a great guard for him to lock down. But to your point, like his ability just on screen navigation, like, one of the biggest issues for the Knicks was just like, and we said it after game two, still an issue after game three that they just weren't switching like the action between Miami's like non-threatening perimeter players. And like, like even like quickly and Grimes, like the two guys who we hold up and like we say, like you got to have those two out there because they're brilliant defenders. They don't make mistakes on that end. They communicate well. Very first play of the second quarter, like coming out of a break where you should never have a mistake. They both stay on the ball against Kyle Lowry and give Duncan Robinson, who's like maybe one of the last 10 guys in the NBA you want shooting a wide open three-pointer, a wide open three-pointer to start the second quarter. For some reason, I feel like Deuce McBride isn't going to be making those mistakes. Maybe he does because he's barely played in the playoffs. Um, the issue offensively, you noted it, is that like they're, they're, Miami's not going to guard him at all. They're, they're going to put, again, three guys on Jalen Brunson before they get within five feet of Deuce McBride shooting a three-pointer. You know what? Maybe the Knicks, like, I, I just watched Landry Shamit hit four threes in the fourth quarter of a, of a giant game four between Denver and Phoenix. So it's possible. Um, Deuce could do it. So I, I, I agree with you. Like, I honestly, like, 
Maybe the data doesn't back this up. I have at least as much confidence in him shooting a three as I do Josh Hart and RJ Barrett at this point. So I'm with you. And I think most importantly, like Miami's just been punching the Knicks in the mouth over and over and over again. I feel like Deuce is the guy who could bring that energy and allow the Knicks to match it. And that is crucial because I just want to wrap up that last point on Julius Randle. Oh my God, was it ugly for him defensively, Alex? I don't know if you saw that tweet that our friend Tom Piccolo put out of, of maybe the worst closeout ever, but Julius was jogging. He was unaware at multiple points. Like he he very rarely like helped like when someone was diving to the rim and Julius was supposed to like hedge off of his guy in the corner. And like the Knicks, like they just can't win the series that way because Miami's guys are going 130%. And Julius is at times on defense moving like 20% um, of what like a 40-year-old Shaq would move like. And I, I, I think he's hurt. I, I do think he's probably hurt. I don't think it's him like not being interested. I, I don't totally think it's lack of effort. I know sometimes he just has a slow motor. I don't think he's 100%, but the Knicks, like he like whether it's Willis Reed style or something else, like he's got to find a way to play with more energy defensively. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it, it, and if he doesn't, then get him off the floor. I mean, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, you have a choice. Because offensively, yeah. it's the same thing. Like, he, he'll have a mismatch, right? Like, he'll have Kevin Love on him for a second, and he mm-hmm. won't take it, and then Bam will just get back on him, and then he'll try to ISO Bam. Like, that, that's not going to work. Yeah, and some of his uh, some of his worst decisions came on exactly that. Like, him just basically being like, "I this is up to me now. I'm going to take Bam one-on-one. And it's like, don't do that. Like, he's literally the best equipped guy to make sure that you don't make a shot on this team. Like maybe in the league. Yeah. yeah, Maybe even in the league. Yeah. Like put, yeah. Put the hubris aside for a minute. You know what I mean? Like just let it uh, just play the game, you know, within yourself and do what was the best for you. But even, even in the case of doing it that way, like there were some opportunities where he got like good spot up threes and stuff like that. And the lift just doesn't seem to be there. Yeah. Uh, Things are definitely off for Randall right now. And, and I have no doubt that he rushed himself back from that that ankle injury to try to help this team. And unfortunately it's in some cases hindering the team at this point, especially because the shots just aren't falling, which is kind of like the first prerequisite. If you're going to go out there and be playing hurt and not necessarily be able to give it all on defense, you got to at least offer something on offense and it's just not there right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you got to fix the decision-making to make that happen. Um, speaking of things that just require physical ability and things of that nature that maybe, also, the Knicks are being held back by certain injuries. Mitchell Robinson has alluded to being really banged up right now, uh, even though he has not missed any games. But get back to crashing the offensive glass, I think, is another key that the Knicks need to do. I don't know if there, this needs to be hammered that hard, Gavin, but like because you can't just like snap your fingers and make this happen. It's something – well, I guess you can, sort of. Like The Knicks have to just do better at boxing guys out. There were so many rebounds in that third game where it was just like – Either the Knicks just didn't put a body on one of the Heat guys and he just snuck in there and grabbed a rebound, whether it was like Jimmy Butler or like one of the guards or whoever, you know, like the they were getting way more offensive rebounds than I felt comfortable with. And then, you know, also just not doing your own version of that on the other end, which was the staple of the Cavs series, just getting bodies on guys, creating rebound opportunities for yourself. Maybe it's fatigue, maybe it's injuries. But it's it's something the Knicks are going to have to do, especially if they're going to keep shooting like 30%. Yeah. Like they're going to need second, third, fourth opportunities at a certain point. And we saw like that was kind of the key to game two was that they finally got that again, uh, mostly with Hartenstein. And then things kind of fell into place for them down the stretch of that game. Um, and then my last thing that I'll just say, I'll throw it to you if you have any final 
little keys to the game before we get into just kind of recanting game three a little more again uh, in the next segment. But I think you just got to respect the role players too. You can't keep playing this brand of like, like there's no Isaac Okoro on this team. You know, the, the Heat are never going to throw someone out there that is so, at least not at the wing spot, that is so incapable of making a three that you could just afford to like completely abandon them. And that just continues to burn the Knicks because their whole style is like, we're just going to selectively defend guys from three. And if we leave someone open, you know, then so be it. We'll make sure it gets to the right guy. But the problem is there is no right guy. And we keep finding all these, you know, seeing all these times where it just spills out to, as you said, like Duncan Robinson or um, uh, Gabe Vincent or Caleb Martin or whoever. And they're just splashing these three. Kevin Love, you know, it didn't happen much in the last game, but you know, it's they got to just start respecting these role players and just trying to stick to their men more. And yeah. if that means finding a guy that can credibly guard Jimmy one on one, then so be it. Maybe that's Quentin Grimes. Maybe it's someone else. But I think that's what you got to do at this point. Yeah, I'm with you. I I literally wrote down the exact same key. Like like if Jimmy if Jimmy scores fifty and they beat you like that, you got to live with it at a certain point because these guys that should not be producing this way in the playoffs are. Because you're one doubling Jimmy and that creates a cascading effect to what I said earlier, like you're, you're botching switches and guys are getting wide open threes and Miami, like give them credit. It's, it's like 2014 Spurs ball right now. They're pinging it around. Everyone's getting a touch. Everyone's feeling good. And that, that has an amplifying effect on a team and they are, it's cliche, but they're absolutely greater than the sum of their parts. They do it every single year. So maybe we shouldn't be shocked by it, Alex, but that's what's happening right now. I'm, I'm totally with you on the offensive glass. Though I will say part of that, again, it comes back to having shooting on the floor, right? Because if Miami has four guys in the paint every time, it doesn't really matter how good Mitchell Robinson is. He can't fight his way through three or four different bodies. And to that point, and then this is one that we end a segment with and then we don't talk about it anymore because it's a scary possibility. This is just occurring to me as we're doing the show. Instead of Deuce McBride, I would not be surprised if we saw Evan Fournier play 15 minutes in this game because I think the Knicks are that desperate for shooting. And the defense is that sloppy right now that you almost can't get worse at certain points. And and Miami does not have guards that are going to take, again, like obviously like they would try to get him in the action against Jimmy Butler. But that aside, like in, in terms of initial matchups, they don't really have guys who are going to take advantage of him. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. I have no idea if it's a good idea. But if the Knicks are, are that desperate to open up room for Brunson and Randall, to open up room for Mitch to get offensive rebounds, I could see a Brunson, Grimes, Fournier, Randall, Mitch lineup at some point in this game. Uh, people are probably screaming at home. So let's take one final break. We'll come back, Alex. We'll let you scream a little bit about game three next on Locked on Knicks. All right, we're back on Locked on Knicks. Alex, I'm just going to throw it over to you. Do you, do you even want to indulge what I just said or you want to you just move on and pretend I never did it? I think I want to move on. Yeah, go ahead, pretend, go ahead. Pretend I never heard Evan Fournier's name mentioned as a possible yeah. game four guy. I mean, the only way I would support that is if – if Tibbs is willing to throw him in there and immediately call a timeout, if things like if he does, if he gets like two open three pointers, doesn't hit any of them. And then is, is as bad as he could be on defense. Yeah. Then I hope that there would be enough of a quick hook there. We'd be like, okay, cool. That was fun while it lasted, but you're clearly not hot. So just get out yeah. and we'll can put we, Deuce in there. <laughs> could we acquire like the Dragon Ball Z earrings and make Deuce and Evan one person? I feel oh like my that's, God. That, that's the solution here. Can Ideally, that's two rhymes though. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Or teach them the dance. You don't even need the earrings. Just teach them the fusion dance. Yeah. You shut. Yeah. Ha. Yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I. I figured I'd talk about positives first, and maybe I'll throw these off you, Gavin. I, I'll admit I didn't get a chance to listen to your 
your uh, solo exploit on the on the game today. So maybe you mentioned some of these things already, but I, I had two positives out of this game, or I guess three, two and a half, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but the first one was that, and I alluded to this earlier, like I thought out of game three, Jimmy Butler really did have to work for everything. Like I thought that he didn't get, uh, other than a couple breakaway opportunities and stuff like that, uh, right from the start, they were pretty good about keeping a hand in his face. And even in one-on-one coverage, they were able to do that. And they were doing pretty good at, helping on to him in the paint. He's not even looking to really shoot threes right now. Like he's strictly trying to get into the paint, draw fouls, you know, play Jimmy Butler basketball and not really trying to like stretch things out. Like he did against the bucks. Like at the, against the bucks, it was so surprising because all of a sudden he was just like, I shoot threes now. And that hasn't really been the case. And it wasn't really the case in game three. Um, so I, I thought the D like all things considered was not half bad on him. And I thought that, I thought that maybe that's something to build off for the Knicks, especially if they can, again, not to keep going back to Quentin Grimes, like he's like Michael Jordan or something. I know that like all seven Heat fans have enjoyed coming into our YouTube comments and being like, being like, oh, you guys talk about Grimes as if it matters who the hell even is he? Well, he's a really good defender. Like I, he could potentially give you an opportunity to just have someone one-on-one Jimmy Butler, which is huge. Um, you know, if you could do something like that and, and basically shadow, Jimmy with Grimes and maybe occasionally uh, Josh Hart, then maybe you're you're on to something and you're able to to kind of figure these guys out a little bit because I will say one another positive which was sort of not anything the Knicks particularly did because they weren't necessarily guarding these guys that much better. Maybe Gabe Vincent they were, but other than that, not necessarily guarding these guys that much better. But like Gabe Vincent, Kevin Love, Caleb Martin all finally cooled down too. So if they're going to continue being human. And you can also contain Jimmy Butler with single coverage and do enough to shut those role players down. To your point that you said in the last segment, like if Jimmy's going to give you 50 and that beats you, then fine. But like make that the stipulation. Don't let like Duncan Robinson and, you know, Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent keep beating you all the time. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on all of that. And like Jimmy made a bunch of tough shots and like, he's, he's going to do that. He's one of the, 10 best players on planet earth. Like you, you live with that at a certain point. I'm, 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 I'm with you there. Um, what, what were, what was the, do you, you want more positive in there? A little bit. I didn't even finish writing this thought out because I just clearly lost my train of thought and then wanted to talk about some negative crap, but I still thought that, and I've said this almost every game in the series. I don't think the Knicks necessarily even generated the worst opportunities in this game. The problem continues to be, that the personnel just isn't right out there. Like you're generating a corner three for Josh Hart, who then sits there and goes, uh, yeah. crap, I don't want to shoot this. <laughs> and then puts it on the floor and dribbles and, or takes too long. And then all of a sudden doesn't have a clean look anymore. Um, you know, you've got guys like, like Brunson and Randall, not necessarily making the best decisions, but Still, the ball was finding its way around the perimeter one way or another, and you were getting guys with open threes, but, like, you just can't keep having – I mean, I'll just cut into my next note, which was just how poor the Knicks were from the field in this game. Like, And some of it comes down to the opportunities generated, but some of it just comes from being too scared to execute them, like to execute the opportunities that you do, you are creating for yourself. The Knicks shot 34% from the field, 20% from three shot 46% in the restricted area as well, so they're not even playing with a ton of confidence in there. But, I mean, just the three-point shooting numbers are so depressing to look at. Like, 
Jalen Brunson, 0-5 from three. I went back and watched his attempts. He did what we said, like, at the end of game two. Like, this should be more, like, all last week we were talking about get more spot-up opportunities for Jalen Brunson. Like, he's really good at those, and he's the best three-point shooter on the team. And he gets these open three-point looks, and much like Randall, who also went 0-5, it's just like, I feel like something's off. Like, you're not getting enough lift. Like, something's happening where you're just clanging every single one of these. And they usually were looking a little short, like as if he's not getting enough repulsion on the ball. Like, and then otherwise it looked like he was overcompensating for that. Just not a great look. But then you got RJ Barrett, two of seven, who's who is sort of turning things around a little bit from three to a degree in some of these games, uh, but clearly not in this one. And then Grimes, Emmanuel Quickly, and Obi Topping combined for four of 16. I mean, you just can't, you know, a lot of those looks were pretty clean. Like, that's the thing is that, you know, if, if they made even, I don't know, let's see, that was 0 for 10, 0 for, uh, 2 for 17 between Brunson, Randall, and RJ, combined with 4 for 16, that's <laughs> 6 of 33 that these guys are shooting. I mean, if if you could convert even five more of those to 33, yeah. and get to 33%, yeah. All of a sudden it's a game, you know, and maybe you're not like so defeated down the stretch that like they just kind of shut down again because they just clearly like realized that the game was out of hand again. Um, I don't know. It's it, it all just comes down to just make shots. And I don't know how to fix that because I feel like they have to some degree, especially early in the game before they kind of resign themselves to just being bad. They've they've created some good looks so far. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Um I, it, it's about getting shots earlier in the shot clock. And to me, like, again, that comes down to your stars being more decisive in the case of Julius Randle and then Jalen Brunson, like making early passes out, like at a certain, like, I, I know the shots haven't been falling, but you have to keep trusting. Like if it's, if it is Josh Hart and RJ Barrett out there to start that game, I mean, at a certain point, those guys are going to have to shoot nine threes and they're going to have to hit like a combined, like, I don't know, like, seven of them, seven of 18, six of 18, like, like that's just going to have to happen. And like, and maybe, maybe that's what this comes down to. And the Knicks just aren't good enough, but like at a certain point, that's going to be part of it. And I mean, for RJ, like my only concern was that like, he came out after the game and he was like, I should be going at Jimmy Butler. Like I got to be going at whoever's guarding me. Like I got to play my game and like, that's fine to an extent, but then you, you got to get a pick in there. And, and I, I think to your point on Mitch, like, he is not being treated as a vertical threat by Miami. Like Miami's not scared of the Knicks throwing lobs over the top. They're hedging with Kevin Love every single time. And they're saying, we dare you to throw that pass. At a certain point, the Knicks got to start throwing that pass. And Miami's going to try to push Mitch out of the air. They're going to try to foul him hard. But you get a couple dunks for Mitch on plays like that. And again, having at least one of Grimes or Fournier in there makes that help a lot more difficult for Miami. Like all of a sudden, they can't be bringing Love into the play. And all of a sudden, Jalen Brunson's turning the corner and seeing open space. And if, if Brunson and Randall don't have their typical amount of explosion, like you got to compensate in other ways. And there have to be release valves in other places. And I, I think number one is shooting, but number two could be throwing a few more lobs to Mitchell Robinson because they're open. And I know you don't want to trust them on the short roll, but if you throw it high enough, you throw it far enough, you let them go get it, you have a chance to do that. I agree. And hopefully the Knicks do some of this stuff and just try something, anything different to try to, to try to figure this whole, whole thing out. Otherwise, I mean, as we said, if they don't come out of today with a win, 
there's a there's at least a decent chance that we're not talking about the Knicks in the playoffs anymore by Friday. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, maybe they could win this game, and then all of a sudden again becomes a three game series. But I'm quite frankly tired of talking about it, and I'm ready to just see the game play out and be depressed more or depressed less and talk myself into a potential series win. So we'll see how it all goes. But till next time, thank you all for listening. Let's go Knicks. Hope they pull out game four and we'll talk to you guys soon. Peace out.